Hello there, welcome back to Into the Black Archive. My name is James Stevenson and joining me on this continued voyage of Doctor Who madness is my co-host Owen Cranston. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm all good, how are you? Yeah, well enough. Oh, that's good. So this one, this episode which we've got is a little bit different to normal. We're not going to be reviewing any episodes since we've finished season one. Yeah, we've gone all the way through it, even the two episodes we didn't watch because of the fires. Um, so th- now we're going to review what's gone before and look forward to the future. That sounded like it was pre-written. It, it wasn't. I made it up because I went along. Um, oh, that's pretty impressive, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's, quite, that's quite well done. Thank you. It's very well versed. I'm not sure whether it fit, but it was well versed. Thank you. I've got to be able to say something right. Something which I've learned while editing these is that I cannot speak in... Anywhere normal English. I mean, neither can I, so... You're better than me. This is, this is a test of us both. The amount of times I have to edit out massive chunks where I'm just sat there trying to remember words. <laughs> yeah, I would say that there's a good half an hour, if you've listened to all these episodes, first, why? And secondly, you've probably had a good half hour of your life given back by Owen taking out our silences. Yeah, there's a lot of them. They're impressive. <laughs> so... Before we get mired into self-criticism and self-doubt, how are we going to go over this first glorious season of Who? So we're going to split this split. We are going to split um, this episode into two. So first of all, we're going to order the previous episode which we've watched for six episodes, not for full eight because they don't exist. And then we'll be giving out some awards. These awards will continue on all the way through, and we'll see if they need to be revised or re-given to someone else. Nice way to do it. Yes. So, do you want to go up in reverse order of episodes now? So, worst, best. Worst, yeah, first. Yeah, worst, best. Worst. Yeah, worst, first. It has to be worst, first. Yeah. I've, I, I've, I reckon our worst will be a massive surprise to anyone who's ever listened. Oh, I reckon so as so well. I don't, it really is unexpected. So, mine's for Daleks. Uh, yeah, uh, so's mine. Cool. <laughs> no, it, it's... It's... It's the edge of destruction. It's the edge of destruction. Do we need to explain why? Well, for people who haven't listened to the episode on Edge of Destruction, I recommend that you do because we say some very funny things about it. But to do it in summary, because to go over the suffering would be too great to do again. Shall we essentially go over the problem for what the story was? Uh, yeah, so, it's bad. <laughs> so the story is essentially... The TARDIS kind of explodes since it's gone back too far into time. And then there's a massive drama over what's happened and we try to kick in out several times. And then we realise a button got broken. That's all. They managed to get two episodes out of that. A full Somehow. 50 minutes of BBC <laughs> television where they kind of have a psychological drama over not very much and it doesn't really resolve into anything. It was... You could tell that they'd overspent the budget and what they had left was enough to just do this. No no new sets, we're just going to do it here and then that's it. I mean, it's impressive for a low-budget production, sure. It's just yeah. not impressive on any of the fundamental standards of TV making. But oh well. Yeah, everyone's allowed a bad one. And I think the highlight for me is a speech, not a, dram- a dramatic speech, but not about how the Doctor's going to save the world from ethical quandaries but about how a button is broken. It's genuinely some of the most impressive writing (laughs) in the series, which is strange 
But this is who, you know, there's nothing that you can predict and there's nothing that you can really rely on with this show, especially in 1964. So, Edge is at the bottom. What is second to bottom? I have a feeling that me and Owen are going to diverge so much from here on out. This is where it's going to get into argument territory because, as I said to you before we recorded, for two, first, the best and worst for me was very easy. It was getting the in-betweens. Yeah, the in-betweens are where the the excitement is. So, do you want to go first? And then I'll yeah, I'll, retort. I'll say. For sensories, sensorites. Oh, it's the same for me, actually. Is it? Yeah, cause yeah it is. Sensorites. Because I think the issue for me is that it is... For the first half, it is almost perfect. It is probably up there with the top... With, on the top half. But then for second half, we're essentially just wandering around for the entire episode not really doing anything and then at the end it just kind of completes itself in five seconds yeah it's got the issue that the two terry nation stories we're reviewing have where there's a bit too many episodes for for how much story there is and so as a result you get like episodes three four and five stuff happens Mm. but not a lot actually happens we're pretty much in the same place narratively after three episodes whereas the first two actually move really well and do a lot and set up a really interesting story and a really interesting arc and then it never really ends how you meant to they kind of just throw in this out of left field oh these people are here and it kind of resolves from there we don't want to give too many spoilers because you should go and listen to the episodes for those um are we actually going to have any debate during this? That's the question. What is your number four? I hope, I hope so. What's your number four? What's your four? You go first. I went oh, first oh, last right, time. I'll go first this time. Okay, it is An Unearthly Child. God damn it. Is it really? <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. This is worrying me now. Are we really going to do an entire podcast about, here are two here are things that two men agree on? So the worst thing for us here is that we did not go through and discuss this beforehand. We deliberately no, we haven't talked about this. We deliberately kept this separate from each other. Oh, it's like a slow motion train wreck, this. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's discuss the things we agree on again. So, I think... I just think this one here is boring. Do you think... I, I, I think boring is slightly strong. I... I just think it's a bit bland. It's very bland. There's just no... It never really picks up pace, does it? There's no edge-of-a-seat drama. Yeah, it's more It's more to do with the setup of the show. Yeah. Which is why I don't think it's boring, because those first... or Especially that first episode does so much work in establishing the show and the concept and the characters. When we get to the actual story and the actual adventure, because we're in the Stone Age or with mm. the cavemen... It's it doesn't really support it. It's not the best opener, but it's solid enough. I do like it. Yeah, I think it's got some of the best pacing in all of between all the episodes. It's just not much there to fill it up. Mm, yeah, there's not enough going on yeah. where you'd think it was absolutely first rate. But it's good, and and I don't want to say that placing it fourth makes it poor. I still think it's a yeah. good story. So I'm I'm getting worried now because I can't see how our top three is going to deviate that much. Oh no, yeah, I'm worried here. If um, we've actually agreed <laughs> on all six. This is gonna be the most boring podcast episode you could have done because it's just us two going, Yeah, we agree. Yeah, we agree on this. Right, do you wanna go first this time? Yeah, I'll go first. Daleks. Oh, thank God. 
Thank God that's not my three. We <laughs> disagree three? on something. Mine's Aztecs. <laughs> why is that? Why is it? Why is it Aztecs? Um, the reason yeah. Aztecs is three for me is that it's a good episode and is very well paced and is a lot of fun, but it's a little bit forgettable afterwards because mm. it's kind of a one and done and and. The characters aren't particularly memorable. They're fun while they're on the screen, but they don't really mm. stick. Let's face it, the entire thing is resolved because they now can open a door that they couldn't yeah. initially, which is a bit... It's a weak ending. So, I do agree with you there, but I think the Aztecs were off a few which kept me gripped throughout. Mm. I agree well, with that. I, f- I felt... If the pacing of Daleks was better, I think the weird thing about the Daleks isn't the pacing is wrong. It just feels like there's gaps missing where there should be action. Yeah, it's. I think the pacing of Daleks is actually quite good, but there isn't. There are some episodes where there just isn't a lot of action where there could be. So yeah. you do get kind of lulls in the story. Um, whereas in Aztecs, it's pretty consistent throughout. And I actually think Aztecs is the best paced story in the whole series. Yeah. Um, because it really does, it keeps you there the whole way. But the reason I've put Daleks at two and and Mm. not Aztecs is simply because it's the Daleks and they're introduced really well and they're hanging over the whole episode. The kind of mythology of that episode with the Thals and all that kind of stuff is the best developed Mm. in the whole series. I think the issue for me with the Daleks is that the only things that stand out to me is the Daleks. The story... Well, interesting was, once again, a little bit bland. The fowls were there. Um, <laughs> the fowls were there. <laughs> that's that's something we can agree on. And the pacing was all right, but as I say, it kind of felt like it was missing set pieces, particularly towards the end. See, I like the uh, the cliff one. Or that, the yeah. one with the big, the great big hole that the guy yeah, falls into. There's, but then there's not much either side of that. Yeah, it's kind of build up to it. There are interesting scenes. I'm still I'm still mm. amazed by the scene where Zoe Um No, that's not her that's not a person's name in the story. I'm looking Is it Susan? Uh yeah. No, I'm even lying about that. What was the name? Is this what, of the is this what happens when I don't the female fowl who Ian basically tries to offer up as bait to convince I, them to fight? Honest, I honestly can't remember. So yeah, so we disagree on one. Yeah, we do disagree on one. Thank God, because otherwise we'd just be in the most dull podcast <laughs> you'd ever see. Um, um. So, what's your number two? So my number two is the Daleks. Yeah. And your number two is Aztecs. No, it's not. No. Oh. Oh, I. Oh, that is interesting. I thought we had an agreed one. No, um, mine was the Keys of Marinus. Wow. was my number two. Why is it two for you then, Owen? I'll be honest with you. Pretty much the ending. It it does resolve a little quickly. I think the ending, and I know you like it, I'm still not the biggest fan of the ice story. Yeah, you see, I I really like the ice story. I st- I still feel that one there was a little bit flat. I, I think I like it because there's it actually does that psychological element really 
decently. Mm-hmm. But I think that's something you could interpret because if you don't take that leap and go where you want it to go, I just don't think you'll get on board. And you'll just think, well, why are they waiting about here? Obviously, this guy's sketchy. Whereas I'm thinking, well, okay, I've seen enough things to know that a guy might look sketchy but turn out to be good or otherwise, or mm-hmm. there might be something completely out of left field coming, so I don't know. So at least it plays in that wheelhouse. And I also like the fact that Keys, pretty much episode by episode, feels almost like mm-hmm. a different story, but in but in a way that's connected yeah. to the others. Yeah, which is a good point of it, but I also think that means it's a bit all over jumpy as well. It, it can be a bit, but I think they just they, they do hold enough to be consistent for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Aztecs is your one. What what are the the great big strengths of Aztecs that would put that at one for you? It just kept me engaged, unlike the other ones. Hmm. So you're saying in every single other episode we've watched for this podcast, there were moments where you've gone, "Nope, <laughs> I'm out." I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. I think that is correct. Even on Aztecs, I think I skipped ahead at one point because I got a little bit bored. <laughs> See, I haven't skipped a single <laughs> second of any episode because I'm a dutiful watcher. I don't want to miss anything just in case they do something good. Even if I have a confident yeah. feeling they won't. That is, that is frankly, betrayal. So is Keys Marinus your first then? Yeah, Keys is one for me. I think because of the yeah. ambition of it and yeah. it felt the most complete. They mm. went for the most things. Some things work better than others, I'll agree. And it can be a bit jumpy and some of the characters aren't very memorable. But mm-hmm. the whole idea of they get there and we've got, you know, mysterious yeah. old alien man saying, you need to find these keys. Yes, it's a bit cliche, but it's just a good setup for an adventure I, story. I, f- I think... Honestly, I think it's just because I much prefer for four-part setup, four-parter setup than yeah. a six-parter. I, and for six-parters, for me, just always seem to drag on just that little bit too far. I do agree that four-parter's the way to go, and and that is why Aztecs is the best placed, Pe- placed, yeah. paced. It's the best paced. But mm. Keys does do more with its six episodes. Like it justifies having six. Mm. Yeah. And it's and yeah there are some episodes where i'm like could that have been like the courtroomy five and six could have maybe even been one episode yeah to be fair but they there are really good bits in it they deal as mm-hmm. well very impressively with having the literal doctor off on holiday for two weeks yeah and make that work and actually those two episodes <laughs> might be the best ones in the entire story yeah. They really went out for the Dr. Light stuff. Yeah, Dr. Light was probably the better stuff in this series. So that must worry you. Uh, best yeah. things about Doctor Who, when the Doctor's not there. <laughs> Preferably. Um, so yeah, so so yours... So mine is, is Aztec's number one. Yours... Is Keys of Marinus. Uh, my number two is Keys of Marinus. And my number two is The Daleks. Um, my number three is the Daleks, and my number three is the Aztecs. My number four is the Unearthly Child, which it is also for me. And then we've both got the same centuries for number five, and Edge Protection for number Sensor six. Sensor rights, Owen. Sensor rights. Sensor rights. So, shall we move on to the? Oh, absolutely, awards? love me awards. So, so these are awards we're going to give out for different categories. Some are serious, some are not, and they will con- carry over to next season. See if we can kick someone off. 
of their award play- podium. All right. The metaphorical podium. Only a metaphorical so, podium. Yeah, we don't have a budget for a proper one. Well, it's just not even like a little, do you remember those little toy podiums? I've got a can of Coke. We can shove them with a can of Coke. <laughs> just get the piece of paper and print them out. Yeah. <laughs> can of Coke. Here's, here's the damn award, lads. Right. So, let's give give the best award out for best companion. Okay. Uh, I'll go. I'll go first. Considering, one. considering we've only got three, I'm fairly sure I know what you're going to go with. I'm going to go with Ian Chesterton. So, I, I'm, I'm going with... Ian Jeston, yeah, no, we've, we've only got three companions so yeah, far. Yeah, Ian. <laughs> I would like to say Barbara got really good towards the end of the season. Yeah. I did think about it, but Ian for the whole season. I think the issue is, is that Ian was good for the entirety of the season. Barbara was only good for the second half of the season. Yeah, Barbara, Barbara really grows because she is weakest in the first episode and probably strongest in, actually probably Aztecs rather than Sensorites because that's her holiday one. But... But she was strong, though. We both dislike it, but she was also very strong during the Edge of Destruction. Yeah, that was when she started to, to grow, and I think she was she probably yeah. had a better episode than Ian in that regard. Or at least I preferred yeah. her to Ian in that episode, and she was doing more things that I liked. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I will give it for Ian for the whole episode series, though, because he's pretty good in every episode and just has an awful lot to do pretty much all the time and does it quite well. Based on what you've just said, I'm fairly sure we can guess who your worst companion is. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're going to agree with me again on this one. Yes. Ah, uh, Susan. Yes. Ah, uh, Susan. I, I just don't think by this point the writers have figured out what to do with her yet. I've got... Yeah, I agree. I, I think they've kind of screwed themselves over in the position which they've put themselves in with having Susan being the granddaughter. So it means inherently which the Doctor needs to make sure she's protected. Yeah, which means she doesn't get involved in as much. But even then, there are there are creative ways to figure that out. Uh, mm. You know, you can have her be rebellious, for instance, or she can be yeah. tired of being in the ship. There are, there are things you can do with that character. But by mm. this point, just there hasn't been a lot of exploration. The most exploration we've had of Susan was in the first five minutes when Ian and Barbara are talking about her rather than us seeing her. Yeah. And her main role in the episodes is to scream a lot. Best setting. So this is not based on story. It's just based on the best sort of just being chucked on there, the best bit of world building. Sort yeah, of. that's how I interpreted it. That's how I interpreted it as and well. And it's a really decent question. So would you like to go first on this one? I don't know, honestly. <laughs> you have to give because, an answer. Come on. Yeah. Especially since I made these awards. Yeah. I'm going to say probably Keys of Marinus. Okay. But there's so many because settings in that that you've almost got to pick one setting I, from it. Honestly, I think the first the first separate where you've got the Brames of Morphos. Oh yeah. I think that's a really interesting concept with the brainwashing, which they sort of go into a little bit more detail of later on, I think with the macro. Yeah, they'll go into that asks, more. Before they ask, they don't exist. Um, I, I think Keys Marius with that first one, I think was very well built up, especially for just a single episode story. 
it was very good from the outset. Well, I think I think that's why I put Marinus at one again because all yeah. the world building in each episode is really strong. I've gone with uh, the winter ice planet from Marinus because yeah. you know how much I do like that story, and it is yeah. a lot of it is to do with the setting. They kind of just go, mm-hmm. look, we're in a bit of a barren planet here where you have to rely on people because the the conditions outside are so treacherous. So it's almost so that adds to the psychological aspect of the story where you think, well, okay, if you don't trust him, you could run mm. off somewhere. But if it's so treacherous and you don't know where you are, do you really have an option? Are you are you stuck mm. on this one? Yeah, and just like that. Oh, sorry. No, no, sorry. You carry on. I'm just going to move us on to the worst setting. Okay. Uh, you tell you what, you go again. I did the first two, so you do the next two. So I've literally just changed this one, just as we were talking. Oh, really? Yes. You're very decisive today. Indecisive. She can't decide. Um, I think sensorites. Uh, really? Like the whole, the whole thing? I think it's just very by the book sci-fi. Okay. The planet, yeah. I'll I'll mm. go with you with the planet because it's just kind of, yeah, this is uh, a planet. It doesn't really go I into think, it. I think it doesn't... It's very by the book. And the things which could work just don't make much sense. I'll go with that. But I'd like to make a big case for the episode in the <laughs> ship at the start. Because the ship, yeah. usually I would say, I, yeah, that's cliche. But because of the setup with the sensor rights being, well, they can control you. And it, like, that is an interesting yeah. setting. That is a good setting because mm. of that. That's actually something that just occurred to me. Yeah. We never actually sort of see them control anyone in that episode. No, not really. It's kind of it's kind of dangled in front of our faces. There are moments, yeah. but I think mainly they do it with John. Yeah. But yeah, I just think... I think it was very too by the book. Uh, yeah, I can agree with you on that one. In mm. ways, they could have done a lot more with Sensorite, particularly yeah. from episode three on, a lot more, and it's kind of wasted. It's okay, but it's kind of a wasted yeah. story. What did you have for worst setting? My one is actually the Stone Age setting in Unearthly Child. Mm-hmm. Ooh. What I had before was Edge of Destruction, but I'd say in my mind. Why Why that? Do you, th- do you think it wasn't explored enough? Because that's what I would say about that one. In a bit, in a sense, but also it was just... Because it felt like the most cliched thing to do in the first episode yeah. was just, oh, let's go back to the Stone Age. And then it was, was just this quite underdeveloped, oh, you know, we have sand, oh, some trees, there's a jungle mm. aspect, there's a tribe. There's no real world building other than here are old humans old humans are dumb old humans think that mm-hmm. that you put a fire light in a skull and it's a living body um, yeah there's not much world building going on and really mm-hmm. it just it's just an excuse for us to kind of get to know the characters which is fine for a first episode yeah but the setting isn't doing any of the work in that episode it is just the character work yeah for me which is fair enough for a first episode, I think. Yeah, it is fair enough. But I think it's... I think if if the Unearthly Child wasn't a first episode, it would definitely be down in the list of being not very good, a lot further down. Yeah, from episodes episodes two, three, four are probably fifth, mm. like uh, below sensor eyes. Yeah. But you add episode one in there, which is genuinely good, then it does lift it. So, 
what do you have for best story? So this next award is best story end, which this season, much like the current modern day season, has very strong issues with. Yes, there's not a lot of good contenders with for this one. I have gone... I think you're going to disagree with my I one. have a feeling we will as well. I've gone for the Daleks. Okay. I've gone for an unearthly child. Hmm. I, I see why you've gone with that. Because it does ramp up properly and it does ramp down properly in a way which makes sense. Yeah. Which I feel like all, all the other ones spend all their time ramping up and then in the last five seconds go, oh, now we need to go back down again. Hmm. I, I think my issue... I nearly did Dalek, but I think my issue is with it still is it just kind of makes the Daleks look... We spent this entire ep- seven episodes building these Daleks up as being the strongest things possible. And then we swip, flip a switch and they are next to useless. Now, I do agree with you in that aspect. It does weaken yeah. the Daleks as characters. Mm. But... At the very least, I can say that the reason that they're weakened is because the Doctor and the Companions yeah. and the Thals have figured out how. So at least they've yeah. learned how to do that with knowledge. So it's that, justifiable. For Daleks was nearly my one for Best Story End because it, for ramping up does happen, but for ramping up does lead seeds onto what the ending is, which is the static electricity. We might be able to turn the static electricity off. It, it keeps being referred to. Unlike in some of the other ones where it just kind of goes, Oh, here oh, no, it is. We now need to end this. Yeah. We need to end this now. The Dalek one is well set up, and I think it's got the best ending in terms of the spacing. Because yeah. you get time for everyone to kind of part ways and have an epilogue, and we see where the future steps are for characters, which is mm-hmm. nice. Um, and I think because it is such a long story and has, goes <laughs> through a lot, it deserves to have that kind of feeling of completion at the end, which yeah. it does well. So for me, it's Daleks. Uh, I think it's really well written, that last episode, apart from maybe yeah. the beginning of the Daleks. The worst story end. Oh, it's got to be Sensorites, hasn't it? I put Keys of Marius. What? What? <laughs> I, I mean, it's not great, but it's not that bad. Come on. Yeah, I, I did argue between the two. My issues with Keys of Marius is, as you say with Daleks, they've got that time to part ways properly. In... Kids Marius, we spent six episodes with these, not six episodes, five episodes with these people which essentially become second companions. And then that's it. It is rushed and they kind of just get out of there and there's no real closure, especially for uh, like Carol and John, for example. We just get a brief indication of where they'll go and that's it. And we leave them be. The thing for me is that they don't even world build out what's outside of this massive base where the supercomputer is so we're not even aware of there being other areas around this place where they could disappear off into yeah really it's really unknown so i the fact which that is completely unknown while i think the ending to sensory rights is massively overly rushed Mm. it does make sense within the story if they had stretched it out do you know what i just said I just said what? Carol and John, who are Sensorites characters, <laughs> for the ending of Bloody Mariners. Who are the... I was thinking... Yeah, I, I was just... After I'd said it... Out on... And I can't remember who the woman is. Ugh, research. It's your favourite episode, James. 
so what we're learning here, guys, is that James's favourite episode is so forgettable, which he has forgotten the characters' names. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right, lad. As as I knew from the start, we got Altos <laughs> and we've got Sabitha. Yes. <laughs> shall we? Shall we cut back in? Oh, I'm including a lot of this. I know you are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Altos and Sabitha, they kind of, they're linked by the end and they've had that development. But yeah. like you say, they've been left to their own devices, really. We don't get closure yeah. with those characters. Uh, but Sensorite is just, it's just like they they didn't plan how to end it. That's why I put it at the yeah. back, because it is literally yeah. just, ooh, here we are, we're the humans, we've been here the time, oh, we've cleared this up. Actually, oh, it's good now. That is a good point. I did forget about the fact which they do go from, oh, we've got problem. We've got a problem with an advisor who's lying to us, the administrator who's lying to us. And they went, next scene. We have solved, we've dealt with him. Actually, no, yeah, no, I agree now. Worst story is Aztecs. I completely... Yeah, they've just gone, we've dealt with him. Complete, I completely forgot about that entire section. Yeah. So, That's yes, no, I, I agree with you. you said, man, I was like, yeah, it's yeah. not a great ending or anything. And it does yeah, weaken no, the story, can... but come on. Sensorite's one's awful. I, I completely forgot about the bit where they just can't be bothered to complete the story. They're just like... I completely forgot about that element. Ah, we've run out of episode <laughs> time. Uh, oh, no. We've dealt with the administrator. Just leave. Just leave, everyone. Yeah, out yeah. Get. yeah. I, I completely forgot about that bit, hence why Keith Marius, which does still have a terrible ending. It, it's not great, but yeah, it's not as bad as Sensorites. Uh, only a few more to go. Yeah, we've only got three. So these ones here are more of a casual fun ones, I think. Particularly this next one. I love this next one. Mm. Best Scream. Which Susan one did you pick? I didn't choose Susan. But Susan Susan does ninety percent of the screaming in who? I don't care. Who have you picked? The Vor who gets knocked down the trap door. <laughs> I forgot about the Vor who gets knocked down the <laughs> trap door. <laughs> <laughs> because yes, I did build this um section thinking about Susan, but then I remembered the Vor falling down the trap door. <laughs> and I felt that was perfect and put that in. Can I can I change my answer? <laughs> What was your best screen originally? Mine was going to be. Um, do you remember when they're in Marinus and Susan's by like that glass beach and she tries to have a paddle? Oh yes. And she just goes, just absolutely launches, but no, it's the board. Yeah. I think it's the and combination it... of the board launching into this screen and the way he so cheaply falls through this trapdoor effect. It, it felt like it felt like they cut out a guy in paper and then just dropped him towards away from a camera. It's genuinely <laughs> incredible. The only thing he does to get him down is essentially just sort of move and give him a gentle nudge, and then he's falling vertically down. Yeah. Oh my word. Yeah. If you um if you haven't listened to our Mariners episode where we go on really? about that madness, uh, do listen to it. It's one of one of the best and most deluded ones we've recorded. Uh, <laughs> We do have a long laugh about that scream in the episode, um, I seem to remember. Yes. So, contra- I think these next two are probably going to be our most controversial. Yeah. For worst thing for Doctor Did. I have a pretty strong opinion on this, and there are a few things, because yeah. William Hartnell's a grumpy old twat. Um, yeah. But what's yours? The fact that she tr- threatened and tried to throw Ian out of a TARDIS, not only in one episode... But in two. Yes. Like, yes, we had the Edge of Destruction one, but I seem to remember him doing it again, either at the end of Sensorites. Yeah, he does. Or, 
yeah, so he tr- does it, tries to do the same thing twice. He tries to throw out Ian. The cliffhanger ending of Sensorites is just Ian Ian says, oh, we never know where we're going. And then yeah. he immediately turns around, what did you say to me, boy? Yeah. <laughs> well, you get off the ship then. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, that's a bit extreme. Was okay. that your thing? No, actually, it's not. Oh. Um, but that is a good one and is up yeah. there. My one is when uh, in an unearthly child where there is a poor caveman lying on the floor mm. and the doctor's response to this minor inconvenience to their escape is to grab a rock and threaten to beat him over the head with it. That, that was my second. That, that is, was my second. That is, as John C. Riley said in Guardians of the Galaxy once, that's, that's murder, which is yes. still illegal. <laughs> the reason why that one there isn't my top is because Ian is someone which the Doctor has now travelled with for at least three episodes. <laughs> That's true. And he his decision is to throw him out into a void and kill him that way. Which, to me, killing someone who you know versus killing someone who you've just met on the floor is a little bit different. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do agree with that. Actually. I don't know, maybe it's the imagery of just... I'm trying to imagine it, what would have happened if he actually went through with it. I'm just watching this caveman being clubbed. Yes. uh, In the most brutal way, as opposed to (laughs) Ian just sort of... "Ah," And we'll have like a Vord-style green screen into the void if it was to (laughs) happen. Which would be funny, but it would um, would undercut the the actual harshness of it. Yeah, you're you're probably right, but I'm going to stick with mine still. Okay, so let's go for the final award, and we'll just discuss general we- for general season. For let's retcon this now, award. <laughs> this is this the is thing. Good. This is the thing which we think Doctor Who should not have done. It's the biggest mistake they did this season. Okay. And overall, what's yours? The biggest mistake. I alluded to it earlier. Making Susan the Doctor's granddaughter. 100% agree with that. It it limits her character so much in what they can do with her. Because this... no matter what happens, the, do- the Doctor needs to seem at least slightly parental towards her. This seems to be a consequence of the kind of focus grouping that went into the season planning initially. There is a reason behind it. Because I actually looked into this. Mm. So... Initially, Susan wasn't going to be the Doctor's granddaughter. Okay. But the show's creators felt they needed an excuse for a younger woman to be travelling with an older man. Oh, without it seeming a bit... I mean, Lolita had come out a year ago at that point, so I understand why why that might be there. So that that's why. And it's also... I found this as I was doing my research. Also why um, Carol Ann Ford left so early was because it wasn't what she was promised she was promised she would be able to be sort of leveled to the doctor and slightly to being able to communicate with her mind which we see a little bit in sensor rights so i think this one here potentially if we didn't have this we could have had susan for longer and also it was just allowed her character and even for doctors to just expand a little bit and also, I, I even think the decision to make Susan the Doctor's granddaughter has compli- complications for the series now, mm. even in tw- even in 2021, I mean, because there is no other Doctor family we've really been introduced to. 
even then, haven't they? I seem to. You can correct me if I'm wrong because I didn't look into this. But here, didn't they effectively retcon this by saying this? By saying Susan isn't the Doctor's granddaughter; she is someone else's granddaughter who he took up with him. Why did they do that? Because <laughs> I, I feel don't like know. I, missed I seem. That episode. I seem to remember hearing something about it. If they where, have, it, it, where she was a Time Lord's uh, counselor, Time. Uh, Time Lord President's daughter or something along those lines and oh, they ran off to daughter. get something along those lines and then they then they fled to get away from him. I could be completely wrong. It would be interesting, but I almost think that would diminish it even further. I think you've already kind of made the error. So retconning mm. should only be done, in my opinion, when it absolutely, absolutely needs to be to make your series work. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you've kind of got to own your mistakes. And this is the reason why you should plan your episodes in advance and know where you're going like for for example as a writer myself i have plans for four more long drives just in case i make them because Mm -hmm. i don't want to have to go back if i do and start retconning things because i've messed something up or there's an inconsistency i at least want to be planned if that happens so you always have to be planned in advance for these kinds of things so I'm reading into season four. See if I'm right. Yeah, that was also um, a little long drive exclusive there, lads. No one else knew about that uh, until now. <laughs> yeah. So um, on for uh, Doctor Who Wiki, ultimate source for all Doctor Who stuff. After Correct. she left Gallifrey with f- the first Doctor, records of her true identity were deliberately obscured. She is possibly the daughter of a Lord President and was born with a different name than Susan. Clever. So they, they sort of have retconned that already. Does that does that make it disqualifiable then? Do we have to disqualify? If they've already no, retconned because it? because because at this point it hasn't been retconned and it's still a yeah, thing. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, all right. Um, what 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 do you want them to retcon? Uh, mine was a slightly more of a joke answer. Uh, mm. because but I think my real answer would be exactly what you've just said because Susan yeah. being the Doctor's grandson is the biggest problem with the show. Yeah, and it's the biggest problem with the writing. It affects all the episodes. It is frustrating. And if I was writing. Say I went in there as part of a writer's room yeah. and I was being tasked to write a script and I had to accommodate for all those things. That would be the hardest thing to work around because it does, it limits us so much. Mm. My my joke answer was, can we retcon the entirety of Edge of Destruction so it never <laughs> happened? <laughs> I felt you would do that. I felt just, you would do an entire episode. Just get episode. it out of there because <laughs> it doesn't progress anybody it would be I think the easiest it, retcon in the world. I think it progresses their relationships, so that's why I didn't put down that because it 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 sort of helped with their relationship, particularly particularly towards the end. It's it's kind of schwaltzy towards the end, more than yeah. anything else. I think they could have done that work in Marinus, to be honest. I think there's enough room in there yeah. because they go on so many different places. You can do that work inside mm. the action rather than have to completely slow it down and be like, "Oh, this is a character work section." Yeah, yeah. Just edge. We really could have done without, and it's only two episodes. It's so inconsequential. I also feel like they could have done it in a better way. Massively so. Like, there's just so many areas of it which just don't pay off. But we're not here to rant about Edge of Destruction. That's true. We've done it enough, and you can go and listen to the Edge of Destruction episode if you really want to hear it. <laughs> so that that's the end for your awards. So they they'll be getting their Coke can podiums. I'm shortly. <laughs> we actually stick it with that. So yes. We can, all right. Fine. We'll do it. <laughs> Why not? 
So, so what did you think about the season overall? As a quick final thing. I think it's a very decent start. Could have been better. There are issues with it, but we've gone over them. It's a show that's yeah. still finding its feet at this point. Yeah. But it is you Doctor can te- Who. You can tell they haven't planned a lot in advance. Yeah. And they're just kind of going where the scripts take that fall on their desks. But I think there's moments in it that are genuinely brilliant. Yeah. And you do want to keep watching. And that's the main thing. Even with the criticisms I've got of it, if this was a new mm. show, I'd still be interested in it because there's enough yeah. development there. So, shall, shall we just close this out in um, in Black Archive tradition? How do you rank this episode, this season out of 10? Seven, just about. I would probably say around five five for pacing is all over the place for most of the episodes they haven't learned how to end the season yet an episode <laughs> properly yet um <laughs> that's ignoring for cheapness and everything else which i can let it go by on um the companions they, they can't work but they're very selective in when they get companions to work properly let's just say i gave it two extra points for potential I don't do that. I only do what I'm given, and it's it's not amazing. <laughs> That's the title of your sex tape. And on that note, it's time to end <laughs> into the Black Archive series one. We'll be taking a week off, so you won't see us next week. But well, we'll be you won't back. see us ever. You just won't hear us for a week. Yeah, um, <laughs> you won't hear us next week. But we'll be back for the week after with. Dalek Invasion of Earth. They're back. The film. We're back. Yeah, it's the film, isn't it? Yeah, we're watching the film. This will be exciting. Yeah, so we we're not watching the film. Page. We're not watching the film. We're just watching the episodes. I'm just joking. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm just okay. messing with you. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> we've done one season of this. Don't make it be the last. Uh, <laughs> if you enjoyed, Aww. if we make it for last, can we make sure we have a um, made-for-TV film and then have a, a like six-year <laughs> break? Well, well, there's there's audio dramas which get released, and then, then we'll come back with a handsome Scottish fella who's trying to play a handsome English fella. Yeah, something like that. Although I'd prefer it to be a kind of skinheady northerner, and he actually plays it northern, <laughs> and then maybe for the compact. I don't know, someone a bit working class. Let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, goodbye. <laughs> if you enjoyed Into the Black Archive season, please get in touch with us. Uh, you can get in touch via email at blackarchivepod or, sorry, blackarchivepod at gmail.com is yep. our email and at blackarchivepod is our Twitter URL, which you can also go and hit us up at. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, which includes Apple Podcasts now. Yes, Yay. we're available on Apple Podcasts now. Finally. It's been a while. So if you do get your podcasts on Apple, hello, and subscribe if you like it. See you not next week, but the week after. Goodbye. See you the week after. Goodbye. Congratulations. You've made it to the end of time. Well, just this episode, really. It's not that dramatic. But thanks very much for getting here. If you've liked what you heard, uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at BlackArchivePod or via email at BlackArchivePod at gmail.com. And, of course, remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>